This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Hello, I'm Sarah Gregory, and today I'm talking with Dr. Deus Lakoy, an epidemiologist at CDC who is currently based in Uganda. We'll be discussing tuberculosis preventative therapy among people living with HIV in Uganda. Welcome, Dr. Lakoy. Thank you very much, Sarah. Tuberculosis is still a deadly disease globally. How is it different, though, from pneumonia? Yes, tuberculosis and pneumonia, both lung infections, but they are caused by different germs. Uh, tuberculosis, which we commonly abbreviate as TB, is a chronic disease, and it is caused by a germ called mycobacterium tuberculosis. It still ranks among the top infectious diseases in the world. Actually, before COVID-19, tuberculosis was the topmost infectious killer in the world. And among the people living with HIV, tuberculosis still ranks the greatest killer in that population. And in 2021 alone, about 1.6 million people around the world, including 187,000 people living with HIV, lost their lives due to TB. And when you translate that one on a daily loss, it translates into 4,300 lives which are lost on a daily basis. And actually, around 10 million people across the world develop active disease every year. On the other hand, briefly talk about pneumonia. Pneumonia is caused by a, a number of uh, different types of germs. Uh, these ones include bacteria, viruses, and fungus, unlike TB, which is caused by one, single, one germ. However, uh, in the presentation, pneumonia tends to differ a bit. Its, it's a presentation tends to be very dramatic. Uh, symptoms tend to evolve very fast. Much as a person with a TB can have mild symptoms over a long period of time, which has good public health implications. It is very contagious. How is it spread to people? Tuberculosis is actually a very contagious disease, and it is airborne. Airborne meaning that any act that causes my breathing out or a, uh, someone's breathing out, as long as they do have tuberculosis, will cause an infect, infect, TB infection to happen to another person. And they have, even if one stayed or sat for a long time close to a person, and that person has TB, it is possible that one will transmit TB, TB to the other person. And it is, uh, uh, basically, it it doesn't know any borders. TB can be transmitted to any person, anywhere. And it is estimated that at least one in every three people in the world has got tuberculosis. That doesn't mean that they have got TB disease, but they have got a TB germ in their body, which at any time, when the opportunity comes, can become active, and someone develops TB symptoms. So the person most at risk, of getting infected with TB with your family person or a person who you work, who you sit, or maybe at the office, someone you really are close with most of the time. And at CDC, we know this very well, and it drives our efforts in control of our, our control efforts of TB uh, locally and uh, globally. When a person has active TB, how is it treated? The good news is that TB is actually treat, treatable and curable. Unlike the close disease that affects the same population, the HIV, and there are medications which are standard or treatment which is standard that treat tuberculosis and someone gets completely cured of the disease. And usually, person is treated with four to six antibiotics, with two to four antibiotics for a period of four to six months, and will get completely cured of the disease. However, TB also has types. There is type uh, which is not with, which is not sensitive to the common drugs that we know we use for the commonest TB that we have. That TB is called 
multi-drug resistant TB, sometimes abbreviated as MDR TB. Now, this TB is treated for a longer period of time. It is more difficult to cure, and it is treated with more drugs or more medicines than the drug-sensitive TB. Just recently, it was treated for a period of two years, but of late, there are some new uh, drug formulations that have come on market that can be used to treat this MDRTB for a period of, of around nine months. But still, the cure rate remains low. You may find that for MDRTB, out of the 10 people you treat, you might only cure one. And in Uganda here, about 500 patients of MDRTB are diagnosed annually. What happens if it isn't treated or an attempt at treatment? That is a very good question, sir. And if someone is not treated, TB can become very severe and can lead to death. And because TB is airborne, the chances are many that if this person is not treated, he's going to keep transmitting. And due to the chronic nature of the illness, of the disease, this person is going to transmit the disease for a longer time among the people he stays closely with. Like I mentioned earlier, a person with TB can infect more than three people every year. And if you translate this one into the number of people who get, who have got TB at any one point in time in the world, the number of people who get TB from these people is really very, really very big. How many people each year are affected by a combination of TB and HIV in Uganda? It is estimated that 30,000 people living with HIV of the total period people living with HIV in Uganda get TB every year. And just take you slightly back into uh, the, the, some statistics of HIV bad in this country. We have around 1.4 million people who have got HIV. And out of these ones, about 30,000 of them uh, develop active TB every year. And who's most at risk for contracting TB? Yes, that's another good question. Everyone is actually at risk of contracting TB. However, the most vulnerable to get active disease or active TB when infected is anyone whose immunity has been um, compromised or has been um, reduced by one of the following conditions. Commonly, now as we talk with HIV, but there are other immunocompromising conditions. For example, malnutrition. There are other debilitating conditions. For example, diabetes and cancer. They can also predispose someone to developing, to getting infected, but also when they get infected to uh, quickly become active with TB symptoms and TB disease. I've heard that animals can get TB. Can they spread it to people and can people give it to animals? Yes. What you know so far is that animals can spread TB to people. And And to be very specific, cows can spread TB to, these are cows, which can spread TB to human beings through their products, uh, especially dairy products. And this TB commonly affects the parts in the stomach from where it is transmitted to other parts of the body. So tell us why people with HIV are more likely than others to get sick with TB. Explain to us how HIV works in the body. So like I've just briefly mentioned, due to their weakened immune response or immune system, people with HIV are more likely to become infected with the TB and they're more likely to develop TB disease when they get infected with a TB germ. Actually, literature shows that compared to the people who don't have HIV, a person with HIV is over 30 times more likely to become to get TB disease when they get infected compared to someone who does not have 
HIV completely. So with the cognizance of this, with the, with the support from U.S. President's plan for President's plan for AIDS relief, uh, which we call PEPFA, it is tackling both, uh, both HIV and TB epidemics in this country to sustain the impact. And we know if we make progress against one of these conditions, we should be able to make progress against the other. For example, if like we stop TB among people living with HIV, from the public health standpoint, it means that we shall have less people transmitting TB in the community. And therefore, any person out there will be at risk, less risk of coming up with the person who has got TB. And on the other hand, if we treat TB in the general population, we shall have less HIV patients dying of, of TB because less HIV patients will be getting active tuberculosis. Your article is about TB preventative therapy among people living with HIV in Uganda. Let's start with what is the TB preventative therapy? TB pre- preventative therapy is a treatment that is given to individuals to reduce the risk of developing active TB disease if they, they are infected with TB. And WHO, which is a organization, recommends TB preventive therapy for all people living with HIV, the household contact, being cognizant that these are the at high risk and the others of, uh, with a weakened immune response. For example, uh, we know the children under the age of five years, the people with uh, other debilitating conditions. And for people living with HIV, literature has shown that TB reduces the risk of TB, I mean, HIV, uh, TPT reduces the risk of TB by about 60%. And if people do not develop active TB disease, it means they will not transmit TB to other people. And this makes TPT or TB preventive therapy a very key intervention in TB control. And compared to TB treatment uh, or treatment of active TB disease, which takes about four drugs, TB preventive therapy is simple. Sometimes it is only one drug that is taken for six months, and sometimes it is a combination of only two drugs that one can take to uh, for a period of one or two months, depending or three months, depending on the regimen someone has been prescribed. So at CDC, we are at forefront of efforts to accelerate use of TPT and rapid provision of this life-saving preventive therapy for millions of people who are in need. And since 2018, CDC, as part of PEPFA, I supported the initiation of over million, million, uh, 11 million people, even HIV, in PEPFA-supported countries, to, to access TB preventive therapy, including children. And why did you focus on Uganda specifically? I focused on Uganda. First of all, Uganda is the country I come from. And uh, Uganda is a low-income, high-burden TBHIV country, as I have described it. And Uganda has been very successful at providing TB preventive therapy in the last six years, as recommended by World Health Organization. By March 2022, over 95% of people living with HIV in care in Uganda, we are started on TB preventive therapy. And of these, about 80, 89% of them had completed the six-month treatment. And I thought sharing this experience, including the lessons and the challenges we had in, in this process, was worth sharing with the world. Uh, with, uh, for example, uh, countries who have not been successful in uh, implementing this program could borrow lessons that Uganda has can, can share with them. Why don't you take a moment now to briefly tell us about your study, how you went about it, and what you were looking for. We know TB and the HIV are public health programs, which systematically collect data on their patients. 
and the intervention and the services they receive, their outcomes and the impact. This programmatic, programmatic data is what we analyzed in our investigation to determine the impact all success of TB preventive therapy since 2015 to 2022. We identified people living with HIV who started and completed TPT or TB preventive therapy from 2016 to 2022. And what we did next was to calculate the coverage, which looked at how many eligible people or how many people living with HIV had started TB preventive therapy and how many people had actually completed a course of TB preventive therapy. We also looked at trends of TB over time in terms of age, sex, and the region that was uh, that in terms of coverage. Yeah, we also looked at age, sex, and the region where this intervention had been used. And finally, we looked at the TB disease itself. That, you know, when you are giving an intervention like this one, you are very eager to know, is my intervention having an impact? So, and our impact at this, in this intervention was to see whether we see a de whether we find a decline of TB among the people living with HIV in the period 2016 to 2022. How did you scale up in Uganda to do the TPT coverage? Yes, we we were able to, to scale up TB prevention therapy in Uganda. We after receiving support from PEPFA, CDC, and the other partners, and from 2018 2022, CDC as part of PEPFA supported initiation of TB preventive therapy across the world to about 11 million people, like I mentioned previously, including the children. And the scaling up CPT coverage among the people living with HIV in Uganda presented many, many challenges which, which we had to, over, uh, to overcome in order to make progress. So when we made TPT, uh, when we made TB, um, TPT medicines available in Uganda, we noticed that the demand was not there for these medicines. Both healthcare workers and the patients were not enthusiastic to have this program more program implemented. Patients were not asking for TB preventive therapy, much as the healthcare workers were not also prescribing this medication. So we decided to do something about this to ensure that people living, living with HIV benefit from this, uh, this uh, very important intervention. So our priority was to identify and address challenges at the different levels of the health system, and this is what we did. We, first of all, created awareness and uh, we rapidly scaled up TB preventive therapy in a campaign, which we called the 100 Days TPT campaign we implemented in 2019. We did this one from July uh, to October 2019. And during this period, the country took ownership of TP preventive therapy uh, and implemented the following. One, there was full integration of TB, TB preventive therapy into HIV and the TB programs. Previously, these two programs were working in the silos uh, when it came to prevention of TB among people HIV. In addition, uh, the country mobilized the resources through partners to ensure availability of medicine. And we, because we knew there were knowledge gaps uh, out there, where the beneficiaries were, there was need to disseminate information. So there was dissemination of, of materials that educated and informed both patients and healthcare workers in provision of TB preventive therapy, the benefits, as well as the possible uh, the adverse to come up. In addition, in order to create demand for TB preventive therapy, we also leveraged on the 
civil society uh, these are people who deal uh, who who speak the same language with the patient uh, so that they could easily understand each other uh, to create demand and the people and, and people living with HIV sought these services for the facilities but to monitor the program and the monitor whether we are meeting our target we developed a nationwide TPT data capture dashboard uh, where we monitored weekly performance weekly performance in terms of TPT enrollment at some facility level and it provided timely feedback where we saw suboptimal performance during the campaign we prioritized we didn't go everywhere but we made priorities of the 80 uh, of the high volume facilities that contributed 80% of all the people living with HIV in the country that's how we did it Let's back up a little bit. Who living with HIV is most likely to get TB? Men, women, young, old? Regardless of, as long as someone has HIV, regardless of sex, age, all have equal risk of developing active disease uh, when they get exposed. Therefore, it is important to ensure that all people living with HIV have access to the preventive therapy. And we also need to ensure that when they initiate this treatment, they go ahead and complete to prevent them from developing active TB disease. So along those same lines, was there a certain age or gender that was more likely to seek the TPT? Yes, sir, this is a very good question. It recognizes the inequalities which often exist in HIV and the TB epidemics, where we sometimes find women and children have less abilities to access services, and yet they bear the, the greatest burden of disease. So in the case of TB preventive therapy, however, our data showed that demand for these services was even across all age groups. It is important to note, however, that we have, as CDC, we have historically addressed the gaps in terms of uh, providing services, addressing the inequities or the inequalities in patient access, uh, in service access by patients, including TB preventive therapy in this context. Ultimately, were Uganda's TPT scale-up efforts successful? And if so, what factors contributed to this success? Yes, I'm happy to mention or to say that Uganda's TPT scale-up was tremendously successful, and this was made possible with support from partners, including PEPFA and CDC. Majority of us with HIV receiving antiviral therapy, those are patients within the program, and over 90% of those who started had completed TB preventive therapy by March 2022. And through CDC's partnership with the Ministry of Health, we had another part, uh, yeah, uh, CDC's partnership with the Ministry of Health and other partners was a very big driving force towards toward making this achievement. And why I'm saying this is that without uh, a partnership or without uh, people come or without partners coming together, it wasn't possible to mobilize sufficient resources for us to be able to realize that kind of tremendous and fast progress of the TPT program that had failed to take off for the long period since PEPFA began supporting the country in 2003. Did you find anything else you want to tell us about, and was there anything surprising? Yes, there were some reports of adverse drug reactions, which I can say were not very surprising, because in any public health intervention, uh, you would expect some of these adverse events to come through. We have seen this one in immunization programs in the country and the other programs which are widely scaled up, especially in a rapid mode. However, we also attribute uh, to having sensitized the masses 
that you know there could be a possibility of some of these adverse events and also having built the capacity for the country to be able or for the facilities to be able to support whenever these adverse events happened. However, there was capacity to manage them and uh, we did not realize any serious uh, damage to the program. Did the COVID pandemic impact the TPT coverage? Yeah, this is actually very relevant because a part of our implementation period that we are reporting was covered by COVID. But we are proud to report that the impact of COVID-19 on TPT coverage was not significant. First, by the time COVID-19 reached Uganda, most people living with HIV had already received a course of TB preventive therapy. But most importantly, the country quickly developed interim guidance to ensure that TB and HIV activities would continue, even during the COVID pandemic. For example, patients were able to receive their TPT medication at the same time as their HIV medicine, and we called this one alignment of TPT and the ART treatment to avoid unnecessary trips to the clinic. Secondly, they were also able to receive their medication at home, delivered by community resource persons that we had during that period, to make sure that there was a matching with the, the, the standards during that period, which required less visits to the facilities to in, in the spirit of social distancing in, as a prevention measure against COVID-19. You mentioned some challenges. Were there any other challenges to the success of the program? Yes, like our data indicates that much as we have implemented the TB preventive therapy widely, we are yet to see, uh, I don't know whether it's a challenge, but we are yet to see a significant decline in our TB burden among the PLHIV. But this is not surprising because during the course of implementing TB preventive therapy, there is a dedicated screening of everyone who is living with HIV for TB all the time. Because as one of the requirements before you start TB prevent someone TB preventive therapy, you must confirm that they do not have TB. So in the process, you will be able to find those ones who have got TB, and the, those ones contribute to the other category that will develop TB among PLHIV to add on the number that maybe could have previously missed. But still, during the course of that period, there has been a coincidental improvement in TB diagnosis capacity in the country. And this one must have also contributed to finding more TB patients than previously, and especially among this population. And we are, but we, see, we are still hopeful that in the near future we should be seeing a decline of TB among the HIV patients in this country. What can other countries that are looking to reduce this burden of TB among people living with HIV learn from all of this? Yes, we can share so many things which other countries countries could actually learn from us. But I can just share, share three things. One, if we are going to stop TB among people living with HIV in the world, we need to find old people living with, with HIV and enroll them on HIV treatment early. Why? Because this will, will improve their health overall and ensure their ability to fight TB disease. When people take antiviral therapy or HIV treatment, their immunity does not decline or does not uh, substantially reduce to a level that can result into people developing active TB disease. Second, all patients who have been confirmed with HIV should be enrolled on TB preventive therapy as long as they are eligible. And we should not only stop initiating them, but we should ensure that they go ahead and complete this treatment to ensure effectiveness. And lastly, 
we need to find and treat all TB patients in the community because these are the sources of infection. If we are able to treat all of them, it means that even if you have got HIV patients up in the community who, whose immunity is compromised, they will not come across the source of infection, and that is the, yeah, the patient who is active to be disease. So if we do these three things, if countries concentrated on these three, we should be able to see a, a significant decline in, the, in TB among HIV patients. So again, along those same lines, how would you like other programs to implement what worked in Uganda? What do you think is a good starting point? Yes, that is another good question and very practical. Like each country is, is different. We have different contexts, but we, there are some lessons we can share that other countries can borrow from. It is important that programs work with the communities to develop effective plans for addressing these epidemics in the community. These plans would include, first of all, a very strong collaboration between TB and HIV programs at all levels, because these are two related conditions, and if, we do, if, if these programs don't work closely, some of these uh, interventions get compromised. So a very good collaboration between the HIV and TB programs will ensure that there is no gap as regards implementation to be preventive therapy. However, it is also important to create demand among the beneficiaries. As long as you have convinced the people who are going to benefit from this treatment, it will be difficult for your program to, to, to succeed because uh, you can still have your medication, but as long as they do not take it up, it may not be helpful to them. But lastly, we also need to, to have the capacity to monitor our program. And this is, can be done through a very good data capture system because you need to know how many patients you are initiating, how many patients are completing, what is the impact of your program on the gen- in general on uh, PHIV, TB among PHIV. So if you do not have the data capture system, the data capture platform to help you monitor, you are not able to identify where the gaps are and you cannot address them in a timely manner. So I think if countries speak to this, probably uh, there could be some progress in their implementation to the preventive that among PHIV. Tell us about your job and what you do and how you became involved in this study. I am a medical doctor, a public health specialist. I hold a PhD in epidemiology, and I work with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in Uganda as a public health specialist. My primary focus is TB elimination, specifically in this country, because this is where I, where I have some level of control. And my job is to provide technical support to Uganda Minister of Health and implementing partners towards the delivery of high-quality patient-centered TB HIV services. So by virtue of my position, I was part of the team that led the CPT scale-up in this country, and I was there interested in monitoring the progress that we are making and evaluating whether our progress is making impact. And perhaps most importantly, using the data to improve our efforts to accelerate uh, the progress of TPT implementation among the HIV patient. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today, Dr. Lakoi. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for hosting me too. And thanks for joining me out there. You can read the March 2023 article, Tuberculosis, Preventative Therapy Among Persons Living with HIV, Uganda, 2016 through 2022, online at cdc.gov I'm Sarah Gregory for Emerging Infectious Diseases. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov. 
or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.